Welcome, nerd and nerdettes. Today's podcast episode features talks of a prolific animator, your favorite movie endings, and International Podcast Day. What? <laughs> You're now listening to Featuring Dez. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to today's podcast episode. And today is kind of a special day because, uh, by the way, happy Inter- International Podcast Day. So that's a thing. I didn't really know it was a thing until earlier and someone told me. I was like, oh, shit, I need to record a podcast. And uh, besides it being International Podcast Day, today is also somewhat of a special episode because I'm accompanied by a good friend of mine. His name's uh, Sir Ammon. Ammon, you might want to talk to the people for a bit. Uh, yeah, it's me. <laughs> and uh, Ammon, tell the people a little bit about you. Um, I'm a, uh, I'm attempting to be an artist. Uh, I have an Instagram page, Ammon the Salmon. <laughs> um, uh, I'm attempting to do a lot of things, but mainly just art and everything. Yeah, and uh, and my man's being a little modest. He's actually pretty lethal with the pen, so I'd give him a follow, guys. I'd, I'd definitely check him out on Twitter, uh, Instagram, and I believe it's it's what Ammon Ammon the Salmon on both those. Um, I I think. It used to be just Ammon Larson Art, and I don't think I've changed it on Twitter. Okay. But um, I think it's just Ammon Larson Art on Twitter, Ammon the Salmon on Instagram. I might change it later tonight. But uh, I mainly post on my Instagram, but if I get more followers on Twitter, I might, you know. All right. All right. And uh, my man, um, I have, so today I, we have a little bit of news that we, we got to cover. So first bit of news I want to talk to you about is... Variety News last week actually announced that Sony and Marvel have both reached a deal, and that means the web slinger himself, Spider-Man, will be staying in the MCU for at least at least one more film. Mm. What are your thoughts on that? How do you feel about that? Because I know we spoke a little bit in the past, and you weren't necessarily the biggest fan of Far From Home. No, I wasn't. Uh, I mean, it's good and everything... I mean, I, w- I wouldn't be awfully upset either way. I know a lot of people are very passionate about it. Oh, what's that? Um, but, I mean, I'm a fan of Spider-Man. But, I, I don't know, I'm just glad for whatever comes Spider-Man-wise. Right. But, you know, I just haven't been the biggest fan of what they've been doing lately, but I don't hate it. Okay. No, and, and, and that's fine. And Because... I know a lot of people have, have have approached me and they were saying how like they they just didn't like the idea that Spider Man comes off less less uh, Spider Man and more like Iron Man Junior. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've always liked Spider Man as like his own homemade superhero, you know, right. very scrappy and everything. So I mean, I wasn't the biggest fan of that, but it didn't you know offend me mortally. Right. Okay. Well, so since we're on on the subject. Um, I actually want to ask you, what would the definitive uh, Ammon-directed Spider-Man fan um, film look like? What would it look like? Yeah, what, uh, how, how would you, how would you uh, approach that? Well, it would be animated, you know. Oh, so you, you take the, um, the uh, Lord Miller approach with how they did with uh, Into the Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. By the way, in my opinion, is the best Spider-Man film. And I find it uh, interesting that me, previous, previously before this podcast, we were just talking about Batman and, uh, and Spider-Man. And uh, I find it funny that the two best uh, uh, films in each of their uh, respective areas mm. are the films that made the least amount of money. Yeah. Like uh, Batman: Mask of Phantasm with the theaters, mm. it made shit in comparison to all the rest of the Spider-Man film, all the rest of the Batman films. And yeah, yeah. that, in my, in that, in my opinion, is the best Batman film. And then Spider-Verse 
is easily the best Spider-Man film in my opinion, and um, yeah. it made the least amount of money. So it's just something to think about. Yeah, but with Spider-Man, there's a lot of different stories you could do. You could do like Craven's Last Hunt, you know? Right, right. And, I, and Craven's a deadly, deadly opponent. So mm, yeah, they haven't really done Craven in any of the movies yet. It'd be cool to see that. Yeah. Honestly, I actually wouldn't put it past the MCU for for doing Craven next. Uh, with, with the choices they've been giving us, I think I wouldn't be surprised if they, if they went full Craven. So yeah, he would definitely be like a Terminator character. I'd see him just like hunting him throughout the film and everything, and just being this big force of nature. Yeah. I would see him as if they did him right. Yeah, uh, they could just do him as like a side character who shows up like a they did with uh, the one guy Captain America two shows right, up right. at the beginning. He was yeah, like yeah, a big yeah. villain in the comics, but he was just. Batrock the Leaper? Yeah, yeah. Batrock. Yeah. Yeah. So I could see them doing that, but I really hope they'd make him like a kinda like how the prowler was in Spider Man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh and uh and speaking of that, um I actually dug the prowler in uh into the Spider Verse. Me and my brother have always been a big fan of the Prowler. Me too. Um and, and me and my brother uh we actually didn't our first introduction to the Prowler wasn't actually in the comics, it was actually in the the uh Spider Man uh, animated series in the nineties. Mm -hmm. And I, I loved it. And I feel like that could have been a great story. And I'm glad they kind of went that route with Miles. I thought that was cool. But moving on to the next bit of news. Um, um, so the creator of Berserk, Kintaro Miura, has recently announced that he's going to be starting to write a new manga. And it's called uh, Daranki, I believe. Yeah, I've seen the like ads for that. Yeah. And so now, for those of you that don't know, Berserk is a manga, a.k.a. a Japanese comic, if you will, that is heavily... It, Basically, uh, it's 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 heavily brought up amongst people who who love manga for how great the writing is and how immaculate the uh, the the artwork is. I cannot stress enough how how great the artwork is in Berserk. Anyway, the man he knows his imagery, and uh, it's since then received many animated uh, adaptations. Some are loved more than others. I'll say I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, Berserk is well loved, and the the, the manga's been going on since like the eighties. God yeah. damn! And um, many people compare Kentaro Miura. He many people say he's the Japanese version of George R. R. Martin with Game of Thrones. How the, how both stories have been going on for an absurd long amount of time, and they just want an ending. They just uh -huh. want to know how it ends. And so many fans, not all, but uh, quite a few fans, are quite quite upset. At this announcement that Miura, uh, Miura is going to be uh, starting a new manga. And I just want to know, what are your thoughts on that? Um, how, I, how do you feel about that? I mean, I don't know. I mean, the guy could use a break and everything. I mean, as much as I want to see Berserk finished and everything, and, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, if it's something he wants to do, he should definitely do it and everything. And I'll read it and everything. And it looks like a lighter material. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. And everything. <laughs> oh, so I take it you already you already looked up a little bit of uh, the, yeah the new the new project. Yeah, it's like a kind of a light fantasy mm -hmm. looking. Thing. I mean, you know, appearance could get you know demonic and everything yeah. later, and you know you never yeah. know. No one, honestly, no one, no one, Kentaro. This is this is what I think happened. I think he had this 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 great story he wanted to do, but it just didn't fit in the world of Berserk. And he felt like another out the best way 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 to uh, to approach it, which is which to just create a new project. Well, we can already see he's leaning towards like the kind of high fantasy yes. elves and stuff yeah. when they go I, to the. I, honestly, I don't think Kentaro's gonna um, uh, deviate too much from that. That that seems to be where he's most comfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, is is in fantasy. So yeah, yeah. I, but I I got a question. Do you think, um, um, 
Or, or I guess I should actually were you upset when you heard the news? Um, I was just like, what? You know? Yeah. Just a little confused, not angry, but I was just like a little annoyed because I just you know started, I just finished the new chapter and I didn't you know get enough from that, but right. And I'm like, oh, you know, but you know, I'm not mad. Right. I was just slightly annoyed at first, but I'm I'm one of those people that um. <clears throat> I don't care how long something takes, as long as the end product is is good. Yeah, yeah. I and like I like I I'd, I'd much rather someone not be be uh, feel feel pushed, pressured, and rushed, and and give us something that 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 has ink, that has an inkling of greatness rather mm-hmm. than it all be great. Yeah, yeah. I I definitely agree. Like I don't want them to rush it or anything. Yeah, and 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 I don't know if you know, uh, Ammon, but the. Um, uh, the um the uh, comic scene in Japan is is pretty brutal. The uh, work hours people have to put yeah, in, yeah. And, and a lot of studios push 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 their artists to do certain stuff. And and sometimes we get work that even the artists aren't necessarily proud of. Like Yoshihiro Tagashi, um, who created Yu Yu Hakusho and Hunter Hunter. Um, he, even he came out and said that he wasn't necessarily super happy with the way he uh, wrapped up uh, Yu Yu Hakusho. Mm-hmm. And that, that's kind of why Yu Yu Hakusho's ending kind of kind of felt um, half assed because he kind of mm-hmm. just wanted to end it. Yeah, and then when Hunter Hunter, uh, he made a new new contract where he could take as long as he wanted, mm. and you you can tell because like, I'm not saying Hunter Hunter is better than you actually, but there are definitely uh, elements of Hunter that definitely feel like they're they're uh, they're a bit more fleshed out than seeing you Hakusho. So yeah, I, I've looked at like Mira's schedule before, like he's he's put it out there and it's right. crazy, like yeah. you know he's working constantly, so yeah. Nothing but, you know, respect for that. Like, you know, that's why I was slightly annoyed. But in the end, I'm like, you know, he should do what he wants as an artist so we can get the best art. Right, right. And and I would I would say that his his art goes unrivaled. Mm-hmm. Like, it, in, in, in the... He's the comic yeah, industry it, in general. Yeah, in the comic industry in general, I would say that he, oh. his art is unrivaled. Like, beyond Japan, you know, everywhere. Just, right. It's amazing. Right. Okay, Hammond, so... I gotta, I gotta address the big elephant in the room. So when I, when I, when I first started talking to you about film animation, you were telling me how animation was your passion, mm-hmm. and uh, you recommended a film to me. And the name of this, and uh, you, you, you asked me, hey, have you seen a film called, uh, have you seen a film called Heavy Traffic? I was like, no, it doesn't ring a bell. Mm-hmm. And then, then you said, well, have you heard of uh, Ralph, uh, Ralph Bakshi? Ralph Bakshi. R- R- Ralph Bakshi, yes. And um, and I was like, the name sounds vaguely familiar, but nah, man. And next thing you know, next thing you know, um, I, I I looked up um, Heavy Traffic. I was like, wow, the artwork and the direction, everything about it reminds me of Fritz the Cat. Yeah. Next thing I approached you, and you're like, oh yeah, Ralph yeah. Bakshi did Fritz the Cat. Yeah, yeah. I was like, holy shit. I was like, okay, cool. So I have. That's where I heard of Ralph Bakshi from. But anyway, you 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 were really on me and telling me, hey man, you should really check out uh, Heavy. Excuse me, uh, check out Heavy Traffic. So. Mm-hmm. I did over the weekend, and I gotta say, man, uh, this film was kind of amazing. Okay. Yeah, like yeah, you held it there for it, a second. It, I yeah, it's, it's it's just that it, it is amazing, but I, I I have a hard time recommending it to to anyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like, I feel like I can only recommend it to people that I think would, would appreciate it. Yeah, you gotta know the person. Like, yeah. Uh, I actually met a friend over this movie. I recommended it and I, I took a bit of a bit of a leap actually. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I don't know if someone like that. They might <laughs> think I'm a weirdo. Yeah. Like, you know, the opening scene could be enough, like, oh I don't want to talk to this guy again. Yeah. 
And so you know what's interesting about this film? This this film is it's hard for me to recommend for for numerous reasons. One because of uh because of its it's it's excessive violence. Yeah. Um. It's nudity. Uh. And, and, and it's an animated film, by the way, guys. And I believe Fritz the Cat was the first X-rated animated film, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. This is the second. Oh, okay. And so, and what's and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe Fritz the Cat was Ralph's first film. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, this is his first film. Okay. Um. And I want to apologize for that scene with the Italian lady that you had to see that. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. the one I'm talking. Yeah, about. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I apologize for that. <laughs> yeah. Bro, so what's what's interesting is that uh like I said, this film is very hard to recommend, but for those that that, that I think would appreciate it, they would absolutely love it. This film, um, it's kinda hard for me to describe like and talk about the plot because I don't want to say there isn't a plot, but there really isn't a plot. It's mostly you're, it's it, 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 for for me, this is what I got out of it. Um for me it feels like you're um you're in a dreamlike state. Mm-hmm. Following or following a day in the life of the of, of this young man named Michael, mm-hmm. who's 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 an artist, and um, art is kind of his his outlet because the world around him is so so dark and so real, so mm-hmm. urban, and um, yeah, because that's where Ralph actually grew up. In. Yeah, I believe it was New York. Yeah, and uh, I thought it was kind of interesting. I did a little bit of research on him, and I believe it said he's he's Jewish and and like. Russian? What is it? Maybe was it Russian? Maybe I, I think his family comes from Russia. They touch on that in one of his other films. Right, right. And um, and I thought that was kind of interesting. That the character of Michael was was part Jewish as well. And uh, I definitely, for me, I did. I definitely felt like this film definitely felt a lot more personal than say Fritz the Cat for sure. Yeah, the story of Fritz the Cat is he wanted to make heavy traffic, and mm-hmm. they said you have to make something on a existing uh, property. Right. So he literally just grabbed a Fritz the Cat comic. He's like, "Hey, what about this?" You know. Mm-hmm. And famously, the creator of Fritz the Cat, Robert Crumb, probably he, hates it. Yeah, he hates the yeah because he's uh, you know about it. If you know about him, then you know that he hates it. He's an interesting guy, but <laughs> Fritz the Cat was the first movie I saw with Ralph Bakshi. Okay. Actually. And and were you a fan after seeing Fritz the Cat? Um, I like there were definitely like the first scene I saw of it was like the riot scene, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, this looks crazy, right? And everything, and I checked it out, and I, it definitely drew me in. But like, I don't know, I, I don't know if I liked it or not. Okay. <laughs> but um, I watched Heavy Traffic, and I was, I didn't know how to feel about it for a little bit, but then I was like, yeah, I love it. And then I watched Coonskin, and then I watched all those other films in order, basically. Yeah, man. After you recommended. Uh, heavy traffic. I am most definitely gonna go back and check out um, the rest of his uh, his 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 uh, his, uh, his his skills, like the rest of his films. Mm-hmm. The dude definitely has skills. He has an interesting way of getting things across. Uh, uh, Ralph definitely strikes me as a man who has um, a ton of uh, emotions, and he just throws it all into his work. Yeah, yeah. And no matter how visceral it comes off, and uh, and like I said, the story is kind of odd because you're definitely just following this guy, Michael. And you just seeing how his life is, and uh, for 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 better or worse, and I'd probably say my favorite character in the story would probably have to be that of Carol. Oh yeah, I um, like Carol. I like Carol because Carol, and I think uh, Carol is, is is a great. Um, she she's a great component to be to have for Michael to have in his life because she's everything Michael isn't. Like uh-huh. she's she's confident. Uh, she's she's so sure of herself, and mm-hmm. and and Michael comes off as. I don't want to say timid, but um, definitely uh, compared to the world around him, he's he's a bit soft. Yeah, yeah. 
And and I feel like Michael's life is kind of a tragedy in, in, to, to an extent. Like his his Angie, his dad, or whoever that is. Oh, that, yeah. that dude's kind of a piece of shit. Yeah. And then uh, his mom, like I feel like his mom had like one of the most. His I just feel bad for his mom. I'll just say that. Yeah, I really love the scene where she's at that club and she starts walking through her family. Oh photos, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, "Oh my God, it's me, dude." You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's kind of devastating. Yeah, I yeah. remember that scene. Okay. That's a good. Scene. It was. Was that when she was like drunk or whatever? Yeah. 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 Okay. Drunk there. Yeah. 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 And but anyway, my man, thanks for recommending me Heavy Traffic. Mm-hmm. Uh, to anyone out there who is interested in, um, a super raw emotional char- character driven uh story then i definitely would say check out a uh, heavy traffic and heavy traffic like i said it's not about the story it's about the people it's a story it's a story about people like multiple people and it's it's really interesting to say the least so i've showed it to a few people and they've always said hey the main character reminds me of you and i'm like thanks <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny too I, I can actually see how how uh you could actually um uh, I, I identify with that character. Yeah, yeah I'm not saying you do. A little but, bit. but I'm saying I can see how you could definitely identify with that character. There's definitely things about him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, dude, there's some savage lines in there, man. Like, <laughs> like, like, there's a line where like he's he's uh, the girls that like, his friends are trying to get him laid, and then there's this oh, girl yeah. on, 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 <laughs> yeah. on, on, on the couch, and she's like, "Here, come get it," and he like accidentally like trips and something. Yeah. He pushes her off, off, the, the, off the edge. And what, what, is, what does he say? He has like, a line. He says, back at, she had it coming. coming. Yeah. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. I was like, damn. Yeah, that's a good one. And then, then there's this, this is other line. Uh, pardon my language. Uh, but there's this other line where, like, uh, Michael, he's like, he's hit. Michael's like, oh, man, you're a crazy nigga. And then, like, then, like his, his friends, <laughs> friends like, man, we all crazy niggas. He's like, oh, yeah. I love that guy on the roof. Yeah, yeah. Like, everyone in that film is just, yeah. And nothing about that film. You know, what's, what's interesting is that... Um, um, uh, to further back up how, uh, how, how, how I said the film feels like a dream um, there, there are definitely certain transitions transitional scenes that happen that make it feel so dreamlike and even the way some of, some of the characters talk mm-hmm. feels very dreamlike yeah, yeah. and then to further take, take it home um, uh, it, it feels like you're, you're like always up in the clouds like 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 you're in it, like so like someone like it feels like um it feels like we're watching a film or watching a dream that Ralph had while he was in and out of sleep he was waking up and going back yeah, like cause yeah. we kept going back to seeing the character Michael playing pinball in real life and mm-hmm. then going back into the animation world and then going back and so that, mm-hmm. that, that that's what it felt like for me interesting film um I definitely dug it and I'll definitely be watching more of the man's work thank mm-hmm. you Ammon for recommending that yeah so a man Ammon so um. What's funny is that early before this podcast, we were talking about uh, role gallery and villains. We talked about Batman and Spider-Man. I got to ask you, if you um, could reimagine any villain hmm. with your own art style, who would you reimagine? Huh, that's, a, hmm, that's a tough one. I mean, because they did that a lot with the Batman the Animated Series, like with the right. Mr. Freeze yeah. and Clayface, so... I don't know, there's not a lot I, I really love the Clayface reimagining. And yeah, a lot really of people love the Mr. Freeze one, obviously. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. Okay, for me. And, uh, I don't know if there's any Batman villains left, you know, for that. Um, I don't know, there's... I have to, like, look through a list of them, really. Okay. There's so many. I, if, if I had to reimagine any uh, Batman villain, I would definitely reimagine Clayface. I would definitely give his life more of a... Um, um, I would definitely hit hit a little bit harder... On his like, on him being torn between um, 
I, I'd probably do a little bit of comparison between him and uh, Bruce Wayne. Like Bru- uh-huh. uh, Bruce Wayne and Batman, the, the, he has two sides of him. And I'd do the same thing with, uh, with uh, Clayface. I would have Clayface maybe uh, live, more, live more harder in the life of the gangster world, but mm-hmm. also have his passion that he's, he really cares about but um, like um, and, and have have it conflict to mm-hmm. a certain degree. So that's probably what I would do. I always found the character of Clayface uh, really interesting. I'm kind of sad that very few um, Batman, um, very few uh, stories have included him. Yeah, yeah. So he's probably one of the least included uh, Batman villains, which is kind of sad. Yeah, I've always I've always loved Two Face. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the fact that he, you know, especially in the animated series, Bruce Wayne knew him before and everything, so you have that connection to him. Yeah. So I've always liked him. But I, how, I mean, how did how did you feel about uh, the Two Face and Christopher Nolan's uh, Dark Knight? Um, I didn't love him honestly, but okay. he served his purpose to the story, I guess. Right, and, and what's, what's interesting is that I'm kind of the same way. Like, I li- I like the movie Dark Knight, mm-hmm. but uh, as far as as far as the the portrayal of Two Two Face, it was it was serviceable. It was fine. You I know? have a I have a funny story about the Dark Knight. <laughs> you want to share? It? Yeah, I um, <laughs> I went to see it when I was a little younger. Okay, with my dad. And I was, I was like, whoa, you know, especially by uh, <clears throat> the ending, because there was no ending like that to a superhero movie. Yeah. Still isn't really. But, um, and I was like, wow, that was, that was pretty good. And then I went to church the next day, because it was Saturday, and I remember this lady came up to the pulpit and was talking about, like, she went to see the movie, and she left early, and she said, <laughs> like, Satan was in that theater that night, or something. And so, like, I was just like, what? <laughs> And people were going on because, like, it was a big controversy at the time. I don't know right. if you remember because it was violent, I guess, and it was Batman movie, and it was I don't know, like other other Batman movies have been kind of violent. But... I actually feel I actually feel like there have been more violent Batman films than The Dark Knight. It yeah, just, I feel like The Dark Knight was just. I feel like uh, superhero movies are, have caught on a lot more, and and I don't want to say more people go to the movies because that's not I don't think that's true, but it's just. Maybe because that movie was widely uh, popular, mm-hmm. but like, nah, man, like, the, dude, uh, Dar- Christopher Nolan's Batman movies were, were were basically political dramas that featured Batman. Yeah, yeah. Like they weren't they weren't necessarily like real Batman movies. They, <laughs> and so to to for her her to say, oh, that was super violent. I'm like, okay, but it wasn't just violent. It was like it was satanic. Oh. Satan was in the theater, <laughs> and uh, she would know. Yeah, <laughs> later. Um, we did like it wasn't Pinewood Derby. It was where you had to like get a, make make a little rocket and put it on a string. Yeah, yeah. And like we did that because I don't I don't. Know. And I made one with my dad, and I made it like a Batman rocket and put like bat stickers on it and everything, and painted it myself and put the little creases in the bat wings and everything. I was really proud of it. That's actually legit, dude. You've always been an artist. <laughs> yeah, and then um, and then the lady was there at the the, the thing, and she was just like. I'm disappointed in you. <laughs> I'm like, first of all, Bat- Batman was around before this movie. Yeah. And get off my case, you know, yeah. I'm a kid. But it was just, it was funny. Oh and my god. Yeah, I just remember a whole like aura of uh, uncomfortableness around with that movie when it came out. Just people reacting to it and everything. Hmm. It's funny. Okay. Okay. Oh, uh, well, when I first saw it, uh, I was beyond excited uh, because. Uh, I had never seen seen a Joker portrayal that like I like I like a hundred percent was like oh yeah I I love it because each Joker I felt like brought something mm-hmm. uh, interesting yeah like like Jack Nicholson was kind of was kind of badass yeah but but not the full 
psychotic Joker that, that I was looking for, and yeah. then and, and, and then Ledger um, brought, brought a more nuanced uh, performance. Uh, I don't I don't want to, I don't want to say a better performance because like I said, each of them uh, d- uh, did did best what they what they had. Um, well, most of them. Yeah. Oh yeah, most of them because you know. Uh, <clears throat> Jared Leto. Jared Leto. You know what's funny is that I love Jared Leto as an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just feel like Jared Leto was, was, was given a, um, a crapshoot. Like, like that film was not great. Mm-hmm. And, and and apparently when Jared Leto signed on, he had like this. He he had so much more he was supposed to work with and he was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And they cut a lot of it out. Didn't yeah, they? they cut a lot of it out and just and I think it burnt Jared Leto, which just kind of sucks because Jared Leto had literally just won an Oscar, like, I think like the year before for Dallas Buyers Club. That man, I've loved that man as an actor for a while now, and I feel like, um, yeah, I feel like he's he's, he's going to give us a lot more great performances. I, I sadly haven't seen much of him. Only other movie I think I've seen him in is Fight Club, where the only part he has is where he gets the shit beaten. Oh, out really? By Edward Norton. Oh, okay. Um, nah, man. Uh, after this film, I got a cup, quite a few recommendations uh, for you for for that man. That dude is, the yeah, he's yeah, he, he's. I would like my image of him to be improved. Yeah. You know? Nah, man. J- Jared Leto is actually a whoa is is a, is a damn good actor. Like I I I honestly I I, I put him on par with 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 a, a lot of the best. Currently work in the business. I'm not even kidding. Wow. Um. But uh, one thing I wanted to ask you, my man, uh, since we're on the subject of uh, we're talking about reimagining. Um, if you so, you uh, I've seen some of your art. You you do pretty good. I love it. I dig it. But if if you had to work, if you had to um to to do your own start of any uh superhero, who would it be? If you had to, any yeah, if you had to do 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 the artwork for any hero, who would it be? And it can't be Spider Man. Oh, can't can't be Spider Man. Oh. <laughs> I know me and you both like Spider-Man, but it can't be Spider-Man. Um, I mean, probably Batman. Probably I Batman. Mean, okay. There's a lot of other superheroes that I think I could, I could do, but like, Batman is I don't know. I mean, he's a little overdone and everything, but there's always ways you can reinvent him. You know. So. Do you do you know who I'd I'd like to see you do? Hmm. I'd like to see you do Ghost Rider. Oh yeah, Ghost Rider would be cool. I. I I could probably do that. Yeah, I used I, to draw motorcycles a lot. Yeah, I, I'd love to see you see you do Ghost Rider. I feel like feel like you you'd go ham with that character. Yeah, yeah. I mean, or I, for some reason, I feel like you do well with the Silver Surfer. Don't know why. Yeah, I, feel yeah, like you do I well can see myself Sil- doing Silver Surfer. Wolverine's always been like a character that you can put anywhere. Yeah. For me, like, <laughs> yeah. you can put him anywhere, and he'll. Dude, Wolverine is one of the goats, man. He's one of the greatest of all time. He's he's one of those characters that that, that just fits. Same thing, Spider Man's one of those too. Like, mm. he... yeah, I'd love to do Wolverine too. I just yeah. like him and everything, and you can just kind of put him in any situation, mm-hmm. any time period, because he's been alive for quite a while. So there's lots of opportunities for stories. But... Yeah, I I would I would also like to see you do. Like uh, Suicide Squad as well. Or, I've or, never been a fan of Suicide Squad. Oh really? Mm-hmm. I, I love the comic. I love the comics for Suicide Squad because um, it, it comes off more like a uh, a game of death. Like like basically, it was like a great way for like the writers of DC to like kill off B list and C list villains. Uh-huh. Uh- <laughs> if, if I uh, if I. Already- was assigned because it's super su- dark that's what i love yeah. about it if i was assigned to do suicide squad i would do villains that no one's done yet okay just and stick them together and i think i don't know because i mean not when i say i'm not a fan it's not like it's just never interested me i don't have anything against it okay it's just it's never screamed at me of something that they should make a movie out of this early in the dc universe you know when it came out you son of a bitch i can't believe you did that <laughs> 
But no, I, you know, you know, what's interesting is that like, um, I remember before the Suicide Squad came out and it just got announced. I was like, I kept telling people, "Oh man, I'm super excited, man! Mm-hmm. Suicide Squad is so dope. It's one of my favorite comic comics. Um, one of my, uh, I, I, I love the, I love almost each and every interpretation of mm-hmm. it. I'm like, oh man, I'm super excited. And then that movie came out. People were like, oh man, you like that? I'm like, no, man, that's not what the fuck yeah. I like. Yeah. That is that that shit is not is not the comic. Yeah, I mean, I, I knew about it before and everything, so. Uh. I, and I remember seeing the Justice League episode where right. they did that and everything yeah. when I was little. So I was familiar with it. Mm-hmm. Not that it's like it's just I've never read a story that's captured my love of it. But I haven't read too many. I so. wish I still had some of my, uh, my Suicide Squad comics. I think my brother might have them. Otherwise, I'll just, I'll just let you take them. <laughs> you, can, yeah. you can read them. You can be like, eh, it's for me or it's not. But um, yeah, I was going to ask you. Um, so... Uh, another topic we got on when we first met was endings. Yeah, and me and me and you talked about how um, I t- I talked to you and I was saying for me endings aren't as aren't as um important mm-hmm. uh, in, in in a story as as long as as long as the ride getting there um, equ- um like equals out whatever the ending is like like for example if the ending is meh, as long as the ride is amazing. Then I then I I won't be as hurt. But I know a lot of people that they, they, they'll straight up love a movie. Then the moment they get to the ending and the ending is ass, I'm like, nah, I hate that movie. What it's, if it's like the best movie ever made and then they just say, oh, it's a dream. Mm-hmm. How would you feel about that? <laughs> uh, that reminds me of a Batman the animated series episode. Oh, where, like, the one where Batgirl. Yeah, yeah, I was like, yo, this shit is dope. Oh, and then it got to the ending. I was like. Uh, they gotta have her in the <laughs> next episode. They couldn't really yeah. kill her off. I know, and it's a children's cartoon. But you know me, I was a kid. I was like, but anyway, um, yeah, I, that episode is like has a million like oh shit moments where yeah. like just Commissioner Gordon. Like I think they get like a missile launcher and they blow up the Batmobile, mm-hmm. and like the first scene and just everything escalates so much and you're just like whoa, how are they in dream? I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I should have known it was a dream by how ridiculous everything was. But then again, yeah. that that show did not uh, it, it, it didn't stir away from um, hardcore shit. So yeah, yeah. And plus, I, I feel like I love the Batman animated series more than a lot of people do because uh, my favorite genre of all time is film noir, mm-hmm. and that Batman TAS was most definitely film noir through it, and through. It's my favorite Batman ever. Like yeah, same comic same. comics. Uh, counted as well it's my favorite interpretation mm-hmm. i mean there, there's a lot of batman comics i love mm-hmm. but like i think it's my favorite overall version of the character in the world yeah 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 and um the batman mask of the phantom menace is actually my phantom favorite. menace oh sorry not phantom <laughs> jesus mask of phantasm <laughs> sorry yeah, i'm in star wars moment star wars comes out in like what two but a little bit over three months yeah something like yeah that. So it comes out <laughs> december so, so i'm, I'm, in, I'm in, <laughs> they could have called it that Oh, sorry, man. <laughs> you call me, you're like, what the fuck? Like Batman's riding in the, the spaceship things. Like, now this is pod racing. <laughs> but you, you sound like um, a, a Splinter just caught the turtles doing some shit. They have no business doing what? Oh. <laughs> Yo, this is off topic, but like my favorite, one of my favorite parts in the, I think, 1990 Ninja mm-hmm. Turtle movie is after Splinter is missing and April opens up the closet. Mm-hmm. And, we, and I was just like, Splinter. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, I love that nineties movie. Like that, the, the mm. original. 90s. I watched that more times than I should have. Oh, definitely, dude. dude speaking of movies that uh, that I've seen, I've watched more times than I should have. Um, one of these days, we we, we got to talk about Fat Albert. 
<laughs> we gotta talk about the movie Fat Albert, oh, bro. We got the, the masterpiece. Uh, <laughs> dude, I want to make a film analysis. Dude, of Fat Albert. we we I want to do it with you. Oh my god, yeah. bro! That <laughs> like Fat Albert analysis part one of five, <laughs> two hour video. Uh, for anyone who has not seen the the two thousands film, um, I don't remember what year it came out, but I know it came out in the early two thousands or mid two thousands. But um, it's uh, basically there's a live action uh, film done about um, Fat Albert, and um, it's hilariously bad. <laughs> but in but it's more but it's, yeah, I love it though. It's weird. It's weird. Like, me and Evan bothered over that movie. I was like, how the fuck does he do about Fat Albert? <laughs> I yeah I watched Fat Albert as a kid and then just me and uh, a friend who just bonded over it and we just thought it was the funniest thing because just watching the show it's so funny yeah just like they have like the same basic like animation face like Fat Albert's default face is the funniest thing he's just sitting there. <laughs> and like people are talking to him and he's just sitting there looking like he's not paying attention to like a single thing he's just staring. <laughs> Uh, so oh, funny. so did, uh, you, should, you should tell the people at home um, about how uh, about your first experience with the Fat Albert movie. How, how um, you thought they, the, the dark ending you thought it had. Yeah, I, I remember them dying at the end because in the movie they start fading away and their like clothes gets lighter and lighter. And I remember a scene of them like all saying goodbye to the good to the the main girl. Goodbye, whatever her name is. And they <laughs> no, just fade away. Go, go back, go back. You gotta do that Fat Albert. Goodbye. <laughs> And it just it has a little scene for each of them, and it plays like a little tribute thing, and it shows like scenes they are in as they disappear, and she has like a little tear. I remember this vividly, and then and like Bill Cosby is at like a grave, and he's like, "Goodbye, Fat Albert," you know. So I just remember this whole ending <clears throat> that didn't happen. <laughs> Dude, you straight up uh, crafted a whole new narrative narrative yeah. for the movie. You yeah. made it way way darker than you took. You took a fucking David Lynch approach to, yeah. <laughs> to Fat Albert. Christopher Nolan that shit up. <laughs> yeah, and when watching it, they start to fade away, and I'm like, oh shit, is this really gonna happen? You know? <laughs> it could be a creepypasta. A, a creepypasta, or it sounds like what happened if Tarantino um, got his hands on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Tarantino's Fat Albert. I can see Tarantino killing off half the cast. I have a lot of memories of like things that were darker than they were. <laughs> Like, I have a memory of a Disneyland ride that doesn't exist, but I can vividly remember it. It's the weirdest thing. Dude, that sounds like a horror movie. Write that shit down. Yeah, it's... Um, Speaking of horror movie, me and you are trying to, uh... We're trying to... Oh, yeah. We're, we're, we're trying to get get a, horror, uh, a slasher film made together. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, what, what, what was the title of it again? The Whacker. Yes, The Whacker. About a guy with a weed whacker. Mm -hmm, you don't yeah. need to know anything else. Exactly, you know? folks. You, you know what you're in for. Yeah. But, um... But yeah, no, so I want to talk to you about uh, movie endings, my man. And I want to ask you, what is your favorite uh, movie ending? Um, now, I, I can think of like a few like actual endings to the movie, and I can think of a few like endings to like a series, like a trilogy that I uh, think is like the best ending. So okay. do you mean like best ending of like ending scene or just like... Best, okay, so, so let's, let's, let's start with uh, best ending, uh, best ending, just ending period to a movie, to a live action film. Um, Unless you want to go animation. Um, I'm trying to think. There was one that came to mind that is just it wrapped up perfectly, but it, it's escaping me. Okay, I, I can go first if you want. Yeah, sure. Well, one one that came to mind for me for live action endings, um, and, it, and it's nothing like crazy, but it's it's just uber cool and it fits perfectly 
in 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 the world that was already established. And the ending I want to bring up is um a film by the appalling Roman Polanski. Um, mm. Luckily, I'm good at um, separating the art from the artist because yeah, you, you that gotta dude, be. Yeah, that, yeah, I know. Cause it sucks. Cause I saw uh, Chinatown when I was in college, and I was like, oh my god, I love this movie. And then, and then all of a sudden, like I found that room place. I was like, ah. But anyway, oh, yeah. Um, Chinatown. Uh, you follow. You, you follow this. You follow Jack Nicholson's character. He's a private eye, and you get to see him go through this super dark and just like. Um, depressing uh, city where he 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 does whatever he can to he does whatever he can to get by. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he, uh, he one of the characters he befriends, and at the end, this character is horrifically gunned down, and it's just brutal because the Jack Nicholson's character goes off from being a, a tad bit closed off to opening himself up. Mm-hmm. He, he actually makes himself vulnerable, and in the end, just like that. His best friend, one of his new best friends, was just snuffed out in front of him, and then one of his colleagues, as Jack starts to lose it, Jack tries to go out for revenge or whatever, and one of his colleagues just mm-hmm. grabs him. He's like, "Hey, Jack, it's Chinatown. It, it it's Chinatown," and he just pulls Jack away, and, and the camera just slowly moves away from Jack and his colleague, mm-hmm. and it's just this depressing ending. Yeah, but it's super cool, and it's not something. And and it's something that and it's already something you would expect from from the type of story we're already giving. Get. Yeah, yeah. It's and it was so like I said, it was it's simplistic, and, and but its execution was just get badass. And so, um, I don't like Roman Polanski as a person, but he is. If you if you Google uh, best filmmakers of all time, he will pop up. Yeah. And Chinatown is one of my all time favorite films. It's it's film noir. Yeah, I know I love me some good detective film noir films, and Chinatown had a had a, had a just a simple badass ending. So yeah, that, that's one that comes to mind for me. Um, I like the ending of Dawn of the Dead, which you haven't seen yet. Yeah, so right, far. right, right. It's just, it's mainly a visual thing. Yeah, I've seen Night of the Living Dead, yeah. Yeah, yeah. How it, the Dawn of the Dead visually ends. Like, I'm wearing a Dawn of the Dead shirt right now. And you're, you're talking about George, George Romero's um, Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah George Romero's. Yeah, I've seen um, the Zack Snyder's remake, which was fun, but I, I, I'm, I'm sure it doesn't hold a candle to, to Romero's. I mean, I haven't seen it, but I wouldn't think so. It's, it's kind of funny that, like, I've seen uh, the remake of Dawn of the Dead. You've seen the original. I haven't seen the original, but you yeah. have, So it's just kind of interesting. I got this shirt in the mall that it was filmed in, actually. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. That's why I bought it. It was in the store, and they have all this, like, Dawn of the Dead stuff, so there's, you know, cashing in on it, but... It's one of my favorite movies, but... Right. The, visually, the way that movie ends, I think, is great, and, uh... Another one, recent one, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Ooh. I really like that ending. Most uh, warm and fuzzy Tarantino ending ever. Yeah. But a little sad at the same time. Yeah. You know, because, you know, the reality of, it would, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that was just a beautiful ending and the score at the end of, like, oh, the driveway. Yes. And just beautiful. I absolutely love the ending to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And I've said this numerous times, but I feel like that's Tarantino's most mature film. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, they're a lot more, less indulgent. Mm-hmm. I'd say. Yeah, but uh, I like it when he indulges, though. Yeah, yeah. agreed, agreed. Tarantino's he's he's good at that. I mean, you don't get more indulging than having Jamie Fox gun down a whole bunch of uh, slave owners, mm-hmm. uh, with his badass uh, gun skills while blasting uh, Tupac. Yeah. So. <laughs> Like, oh, it, it doesn't get, get more Tarantino than that. Sadly, I watched that movie on a little phone the first time. Oh, shit. I, I was like, I was in a theater. I was so hyped. When the music started playing, yeah. you just... Yeah. Like, oh. Yeah, I, I saw, I saw, so I saw cool. Django and Chain in theaters, yeah. You lucky bastard. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I've seen uh, every uh, Tarantino film I can in theaters. So, um, but yeah, um, so uh, did, so as far as an, um, as far as animated films, in in any good endings that that, that you love, um, I think End of Evangelion as like a wrap up to the series is one of the best endings ever made for anything. Okay. And you haven't seen it, no. Right? And no. Cause someone, I've, I've seen Ava, the original anime, but not you gotta see not not not, not not end of Ava. It's like, it, it like I like Evangelion, but I liked it more after I saw End of Ava. Like it really completed the characters' arcs and everything, and it put everything in a perspective. So if you watch End of Ava and then watch Ava again, it'll be better. Okay, because it was what the guy you know Hideo really originally imagined and everything but it was influenced by like the reception to neon genesis and everything so okay but for the most part it was his original idea and everything he has the storyboards drawn for it and everything that they showed before it even you know came out and everything got made but it's an amazing film like i I don't want to hype it up too much but it's amazing no no i'm with you um so as far as animated uh films endings that i like um so to keep on the anime train, because you brought up End of Ava, mm-hmm. the ending ending of that. Um, I want to bring up the uh, the ending to 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 the to the anime film animated film titled Your Name. I uh, haven't seen it yet. Okay, well the ending to it is amazing. It's beautiful. It's 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 gut wrenching. It, um, bro, like I don't I, like I wouldn't necessarily say I cry. I don't cry much during when I'm watching media, even when it's something mm-hmm. super sad. I'll about, get touched. What about the Iron Giant? Oh, the Iron Giant made me tear up like a little fucking baby. Yeah, I, I cry almost. That was every the first time. film that ever made me cry. By the way, I, I still kind of cry when he says Superman. Man. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah, motherfucker. Yeah. So the Iron Giant is a film that, that that made that was the first film that made me cry, and it didn't just make me cry like little tears. No, I was bawling. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the Iron Giant for sure. But but your name is is up there with the Iron Giant. I'm not mm. even kidding you. I can. I think I actually. Yeah. I put that. I put your name up there with the Iron Giant. Um, as far as like uh, endings like that, that that make you tear up a little bit, but I, I I like your name's ending. I think you should definitely check it out. Um, I thought of another ending, but another animated ending I like. It's a film that they didn't go to theaters, but um, I bought it on DVD when I first got it, and it's a, it was directed by Brandon Vietti, mm-hmm. who uh, worked on um, who basically who, who brought to life the the uh, the uh, Young Justice animated series, which I love. Yeah, and he also worked on um, I believe. Was a spectacular Spider Man and Gargoyles, I believe. So oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, but anyway, he 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 directed a Batman animated film titled uh, Batman Under the Red Hood. I have not seen. It that. is a film. It's probably my second favorite Batman animated film. Mm-hmm. It's probably no, actually it's my second favorite Batman film. Like I'm like all my favorite Batman films are the animated ones. Um, yeah. But after Red Hood, it's probably uh, Batman Begins. So it's probably so my favorite Batman films go Batman Mask of Phantasm. Batman Under the Red Hood, then Batman Begins, then Dark Knight, believe it or not. But anyway, um, Batman Under the Red Hood has has a bittersweet ending. It's one mm. of those endings where, where, where it's kind of like, shit got real and life goes on. Yeah. And, uh, and I absolutely love it. Um, as a matter of fact, if I have a copy, I'll let you borrow it. I love that film. Um, not everyone is going to love it, but I, I dug it. Uh, yeah. my, my biggest problem with the film is this portrayal of Nightwing, but... Yeah, and a couple other a uh, couple of nitpicks, but other than that, I love it. So if you're a Batman fan, Batman Under the Red Hood is dope. Um, yeah, I uh, another ending I just remembered. Uh, I really liked the ending, The Shape of Water. Oh shit! You couldn't really end it any other way. You've seen it, right? Yeah, dude. That's Guillermo del Toro is one of my favorite directors. Yeah, 
because um, I've always been a fan of the creature from the Black Lagoon. Right. And seeing him get a happy ending, kind mm-hmm. of. Well, you know, if you've seen it, you know. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was kind of like a. I've been waiting for that since I was a kid. Because mm-hmm. I've always been big into like monsters and everything. Like I w- grew up watching the Universal movies and everything. Okay. Are right, so you like Godzilla? Yeah, I like Godzilla too. I mean, he's not a Universal monster. But, right. Right. No, I'm just know. asking. I'm just asking. You like Godzilla? Yeah, I grew up with Godzilla too. I love Godzilla. Okay. Okay, dude, I think we need to have a monster movie night sometime, though, too. Mm. Uh, but, sh- right at, but before we have the monster movie night, yo, we got to watch these George, George Romero zombie films yeah, first. George Romero is up there with best directors for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I definitely love me some, some Romero. Um, I, I definitely love him as much as you do. But, uh, so, but no, we're talking about endings. And um, speaking of endings, uh, unfortunately, this podcast is going to have to come to an end sometime soon. Mm. And it might as well be now. So I'm going to take the last bit of my beer I got here. I'm going to toast with you and uh, to another podcast with you, my friend. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I'll do one anytime. Yep. And uh, my man, Ammon, thanks for joining me. And uh, to tell the kids at home where they can find you on social media. Um, yeah, Ammon the Salmon, I forgot to mention, it's spelt Almon, you know, so just, you know, Salmon without the S, just Ammon the Salmon on uh, Instagram, and then I think it's just Ammon Larson Art on Twitter. All right, my friends, I am a dude, it's been, it's been good to have you on the show, and we'll most definitely be getting together again in another episode. And uh, guys, thanks for joining me, and thanks for letting me and Ammon uh, chat you guys' ear off. This is Dez from Featuring Dez, signing out. Peace! Yo, thanks everyone for tuning in to today's podcast episode. Now, if you find yourself just unable to shake the urge and you just got to hear more of my soothing voice, (laughs) then I highly recommend you go to YouTube and subscribe and follow me on there. On my YouTube channel featuring Des, I mostly just upload video essays, lists, and just kind of overall express myself in different ways that I'm unable to do on my podcast. I hope to see you guys there. Peace.